Hey everyone, John Agroni here. So there's a new movie coming out this week. It's called A Good Person. It's a dramedy starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman, and it's about finding hope after tragedy and the unlikely friendships that can form in the wake of grief and loss. The movie was directed by Zach Braff, who you might know as JD from the hit show Scrubs, which was a major obsession of mine back in my high school and college days. Now, Zach Braff also directed the hugely successful indie film Garden State, which he starred in with Natalie Portman. These days, and several feature films he's directed later, Brav has been directing episodes of hit shows like Ted Lasso and Shrinking. He also hosts the podcast that I actually do listen to, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. And I had the amazing opportunity to sit down with him in person in San Francisco to talk about his new film, A Good Person, and what into making it, the grief and loss that Brav faced in his real life that helped shape the story, and a whole lot more. It was a really great conversation, my first in-person interview since all the COVID stuff happened, and I hope you get a lot out of it. So here is my interview with Zach Braff. Well, first of all, Zach, it's really awesome to meet you. And I have to say, I saw this movie last week and it felt a little weird watching a movie like this on the big screen in this day Isn't that sad? I mean, my first reaction to you saying that is that's so sad, but true. I get it. In fact, when I tell my fellow filmmakers that MGM has given this a theatrical release, they're like, really? Like, you lucky bastard. (laughs) Did you uh, try to position the movie that way as a theatrical release? Uh, How did you work that out with them? You know, I was terrified. I I made it for MGM, and then then MGM got sold to Amazon in the intervening time since I completed the film. So I was very nervous that they would just release it on Amazon. Um, But I really wanted a theatrical release for the film. I think that the performances uh, warrant it. I think the cinematography warrants it. Um, There's also something about seeing a film like this with a community, with obviously there'll be strangers, but also just with friends and family and and strangers in a movie theater. I find that movies like this are really um, appreciated best in a group. And, uh, And like you said, we used to do this all the time. Um, a movie like this coming out theatrically is, is happening less and less. But um, to their credit, MGM and Amazon both said, no, no, we're going to stick with theatrical. We want to we want to give it a it's, its day in the theaters. You made this movie during lockdown, but did you come up with the idea for the story and everything before lockdown, before all that happened? It evolved. I wanted, you know, Florence and I were dating at the time and I'm in awe of her talent and I wanted to write something for her. I really liked the idea of collaborating with her and... I had had a lot of loss in my life. I had lost my sister and my father in the last four years. Um, so grief and 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 pain and and um, trauma were on my mind. And then the pandemic hit, and we went into lockdown. And my best friend was staying in my guest house with his wife and child, and he got COVID uh, at 41 years old and checked into the hospital and never left. This was Nick? Nick Cordero, yeah. So the answer to your question is I began knowing I wanted to write something for Florence about grief and standing back up after grief. And then I think what happened to Nick and Amanda really just being on the front lines of that solidified this path. And so that's what I ended up writing about during lockdown. There have been movies about the pandemic, but... I haven't seen many besides this one that are about the grief and struggle with loss that you're talking about. Yeah, and the film, you know, the film doesn't 
The film, of course, isn't about the pandemic in, in the micro. But for me, you know, I finished it in 20, uh, end of 2021, excuse me. I finished it, um, it was ready to come out in, the, in, in 2022, but we saved it for this year because Florence had other films. So my point is I've had a little bit of time to be separate from it. And now when I watch it, I had this just new reaction to it that I see in the macro, it's so obviously a, a writer wrestling with the pandemic itself and the trauma of the pandemic itself. The film is not about COVID, but I see it in, in, in the voice of the person making it. So this is your fourth feature film. What do you think you're able to do now as a director that you couldn't do or do as well when you were just starting out? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think anyone was going to see Garden State. I wrote it when I was 25 years old. Um, you know, I, I honestly I, I, um, thought that my family and the, and the choir at Temple would see it. I didn't think that it would, it would be go on to be... Um, the little engine that could that that movie has been over over, over 20 years. Um, so uh, I, I've learned a lot, I think. I learned a lot about directing. I've learned a lot about collaborating. Um, I think I, I, I like to think that my writing has evolved and, and, um, um, and, and that I, uh, am more, I allow things to unfold more naturally and instead of pushing as much. Um, so that was that movie had a slightly slightly heightened reality. That was sort of the tone of it. That it was a, a smidgen of a heightened reality. I mean, I don't think in the real world there's a diploma on the ceiling, but in the world of that movie, there is a diploma on the ceiling. Um, I don't think in the real world the, the friend has invented silent Velcro and gotten rich, but in the world of that movie, he has. So we're, and this one is, I think, way more based in in a, in a frank reality. Do you think it's harder or easier? to direct a movie that you're not starring in? I always say to young filmmakers when, when I get asked like for advice, I said the, the funny thing about star, uh, starring in my films and directing them, at least the two that I did, and of course the episodes of Scrubs that I did, was you know the hardest thing for a filmmaker is making sure that you're on the same page with your star because if you're not on the same page, it's like it's going to be disastrous. So I at least got to take what in my mind was the hardest thing off the table because I knew the star and the filmmaker were trying to make the same movie. A lot of things are just are complete disastrous because the, the filmmaker and the lead aren't on the same page. Um, but I also, I just, you know, I'm not... I'm a, I think I'm a decent actor, but I'm not an actor on the level of Florence Pugh. Uh, she's just a savant. And so to be able to write for someone that genius, and of course, Morgan, it goes without saying, um, I think was an opportunity to, to make uh, a, a, an even better film because um, I, not only could I fully focus on, on, on shaping and watching the performances, but I, I, it's like I had a, a much better instrument. I have to tell you, I didn't watch the trailer. I did not see the poster before watching the movie last week. Oh, you went in totally blind. It, yeah, that, that's how I like to do it. I remember seeing the poster right after I watched the movie, though, and I was thinking to myself, wow, here you have Florence Pugh, one of the best actors of her generation, and then Morgan Freeman, one of the best actors of his generation, both in a single movie together. But I guess the movie is also about a sort of unlikely duo. Yeah, that's what I had in mind. You know, I pictured the diner scene and I pictured, I knew Florence was going to be in it. So I was like, who do I want to see as a lover of movies, as a lover of actors? Who would I want to see in that profile shot of the diner booth? 
her opposite. And um, I, when Morgan said yes, I, I, I literally had a, um, I can show you the picture. I had a, um, I had a concept artist draw the image and then, and then, um, and then this image I'm about to show you is the frame once it was fully realized on the day. So wow, that's really cool. Isn't that cool? You really managed to recreate that concept image. So, so you know, this this image, as like someone who loves movies and who loves actors, I was like, I don't know what this movie's about, but I want to see that movie. Um, that's that's kind of why uh, I, I I opted for for those two. It's a great ensemble too. There's a moment in the movie when we find out. Nathan, played by Shinazu Uche, wears a hearing aid, and it's a symbol for something I, I won't give away, but what struck me is that you're not meant to notice the hearing aid until it's pointed out, and I, I actually wear hearing aids in both ears. And wow, so, ears are amazing. I didn't notice. When that happened in the movie, I was like, holy, that's so true. Where, where did you get the idea to include that? Um, I don't want to give away too much. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about that aspect of the story without um, any spoilers. But, um, but I will say that uh, I, one aspect of it that I can talk about was that there's plenty of people like yourself who have wear hearing aids and they're not, their life isn't affected and people wouldn't even know. Like, I don't even know. And so I thought that that was cool to show that represented, that Chinaza, um, um has um, deals with... with uh, hearing deficiency but is it doesn't affect him in any way he's no one would notice unless he was told they were told how long did it take to shoot the movie i know you shot it in your hometown in jersey um 26 days very intense to accomplish this whole thing in 26 days um i like to to write it and set it in my hometown because i just felt like i, I know that so well if i was going to write a really authentic story I felt like at least I had the safety net of like, I know that world. I know what a dive bar in Jersey looks like. I know what a church in Jersey looks like. I know what uh, a rundown house looks like. I know that duck pond is a duck pond I used to go to as a child and, and drive my remote control boat. The high school is with the soccer field and the principal's offices. That's my high school. Um, I just felt like I could bring another level of authenticity to it if I, if I wrote what I knew. Was the model train and the miniature set also a personal thing to you? Yeah, I had a model train set when I was a kid, and I was a very anxious child. And 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 my parents gave it to me, and I wouldn't, I didn't know this at the time, but there was something very meditative about focusing on on tiny things and 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 working in in such a small scale. And I think it really quieted my mind, and I didn't really appreciate that until I was an adult and, and look back. And so. I wanted, and I and I always loved model trains. I just thought they were. I continue to think they're so cool. So it was a, it was a really fun thing because I got to to give it. Not only did I get to give the hobby to Morgan, but we got to, you know, commission this incredible uh, display from from guys who who really do this as their hobby and and make a really bespoke one for for Morgan's character of the town of my hometown. Um, so that was that was fun because I. It, it was it was both meaningful to me, uh, but also cool just because I'm a, I'm a geek who loves model trains. So I found this movie to be a dramedy, maybe equal parts drama and comedy. So how, as a filmmaker, do you feel out which moments need to be comedic and which moments just need to be still and dramatic? That's a great point. I think um, they're always going to lean. Well, I don't know if they always. Why am I speaking for everyone? The stuff I work on usually is going to lean one way with, they're always going to be like 60-40, if you will. Whereas, so for example, I think shrinking is like 
60% comedy, 40% uh, drama. I think this leans the other way. I think this is more like 60, 70% drama with 40% uh, humor. Um, but my point is, is that I just, I really am drawn to the mix of both. I, I, I find I'm most entertained by things that find a way to have both. Um, if something is just too maudlin and dark, I, it, it's like sustaining a, a, a musical note for too long. I think you need, you need releases. And that, that's just how I, I'm, uh, when I, especially when I write, that's what I'm drawn to, to write. One last question for you. At this point in your career, do you see yourself more as an actor or a director? I'd love to continue to do both. I, I enjoy acting. I just did an indie uh, as an actor uh, with Vanessa Hudgens called The French Girl. I'm, I do an arc on this new Vince Vaughn show called Bad Monkey. Um, I, I, I really enjoy doing both. But... Um, but I'm having this great uh, experience directing. You know, it started with Lasso and, and now Shrinking, and uh, Shrinking got picked up, and I'm going to direct three episodes of that in season two, and um, and and this is really my my baby. So I, I lo- I'd love to keep doing it all, but I but I, I guess I'll probably lean most to directing. All right, that was my conversation with Zach Braff. Uh, truly uh, a great conversation and uh, really happy that I had the opportunity to speak with him. And if you want to check out A Good Person, that movie is coming out this week, March 24th, Friday, March 24th, depending on when you're listening to this. And it's going to be in theaters through MGM. Definitely check it out if you're interested. And uh, if you're on In Between Drafts, you can find the trailer for the movie on this interview post. And I mean, you'll find it on YouTube. You know what to do. Get get to work. So, <laughs> all right. See you later, everyone.